Happy New Year 2021. Uh, in this new year, we're going to read new Bible reading. We found the book, Reading the Bible in Historical Sequence. It's written by Colin Candy. Uh, in 1996 the copyright is 1996 so um, we just found this book somewhere in the in the in the cabinet and uh, we haven't we haven't read it for years I almost forgot yeah I almost forgot when we we actually got this book but the book that we have is in Indonesian so I'm going to but I, I'm still going to read and the Bible in English and we're going to try the Good News Bible translation it's uh, the Good News Bible is an English translation of the Bible by the American Bible Society the beginnings of this uh, Bible version can be traced to requests made by people in Africa and Far East for a version of the Bible that was easier to read, considering that English is not our native language, of course. Okay, so let's read uh, today's reading for January 1st. We'll be taken from jo uh, John, John 1st. No, John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5, Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 26, Genesis chapter 2, verses 4, etc., and uh, Genesis, Genesis 1, verses 27, and also Genesis 2, verses 3, and Isaiah 14. Verses 12 to 14, Jeremiah 28, verses 11 to 15, and Genesis 3. Okay, so about the Genesis, the Genesis introduction from the Good News Bible itself. The name Genesis means origin. The book tells about the creation of the universe, the origin of the human race, the beginning of sin and suffering in the world, and about God's way of dealing with humanity. Genesis can be divided into two main parts, the creation of the world and the early history of the human race. Here are the accounts of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, Noah and the flood, and the Tower of Babylon, chapters 1 to 11. The history of the early ancestors of the Israelites, the first is Abraham, who was not notable for his faith and his obedience to God. Then follow the stories of his son Isaac and grandson Jacob, also called Israel, and of, of, and of Jacob's twelve sons, who were the founders of the twelve tribes of Israel. Special attention is given to one of the sons, Joseph, and the events that brought Jacob and his other sons with their families to live in Egypt. You can read that in Genesis chapter 12 to 50. While this book tells stories about people, it is first and foremost an account of what God has done. It begins with the affirmation that God created the universe and it ends with a promise that God will continue to show his concern for his people. Throughout the book, the main character is God, who judges and punishes those who do wrong, leads and helps his people and shapes their history. 
This ancient book was written to record the story of a people's faith and to help keep that faith alive. So for January 1st, we're going to read uh, Genesis 1 and 2 and 3. All right. So, but the first that we're going to read from according to this book is actually John 1st. John 1. John, John, John. Let's see. Okay, John chapter 1. Okay, it's a very interesting yeah, uh, version of Good News Bible because here in Good News Bible, there's all, always an introduction of each book so you can understand better about the book, the background of the book. So the gospel, according to John, presents Jesus as the eternal word of God who became a human being and lived among us. As the book itself says, this gospel was written so that its readers might believe that Jesus is the promised Savior, the Son of God, and that through their faith in Him, they might have life. After an introduction that identifies the eternal Word of God with Jesus, the first part of the gospel presents various miracles which show that Jesus is the promised Savior, the Son of God. These are followed by discourses that explain what is revealed by the miracles. This part of the book tells how some people believed in Jesus and became his followers, while others opposed him and refused to believe. In chapter 13 to 17, record at length the close fellowship of Jesus with his disciples on the night of his arrest and his words of preparation an encouragement to them on the eve of his crucifixion. The closing chapters tell of Jesus' arrest and trial, his crucifixion and resurrection, and his appearances to his disciples after the resurrection. The story of the woman caught in adultery is placed in brackets because many manuscripts and early translations omitted, while others included in other places. John emphasizes the gift of eternal life through Christ, a gift which begins now and which comes to those who respond to Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. A striking feature of John is the symbolic use of common things from everyday life to point to, to, point to spiritual realities such as water, bread, light, the shepherd and his sheep, and the grapevine and its fruit. So about the outline of the contents, prologue uh, is chapter 1, verses 1 to 18, John the Baptist and the first disciples of Jesus, uh, chapter 1, verses 19 to 51, Jesus' public ministry on chapter 2, verses 1 to 12, and also um, 50. Um, I think I'm going to skip this one, yeah. I mean, I don't really understand how they write the content, but I believe it's all about the Bible verses. Anywho, so let's see here. All right. John first. John 1, verses 1 to 5. The Word of Life. 
In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. From the very beginning, the Word was with God. Through Him, God made all things. Not one thing in all creation was made without Him. The Word was the source of life, and this life brought light to humanity. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has never put it out. God sent His messenger, a man named. Oh, that's it. Sorry. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has never put it out. And then we continue to Genesis one. Genesis one. Verse one to twenty-six. The story of creation. In the beginning, when God created the universe, the earth was formless and desolate. The raging ocean that covered everything was engulfed in total darkness, and the spirit of God was moving over the water. Then God commanded that there be light, and light appeared. God was pleased with what he saw. Then he separated the light from the darkness, and he named the light day, and the darkness night. Evening passed and morning came. That was the first day. Then God commanded, "Let there be a dome to deliver to divide the water and to keep it in two separate places." And it was done. So God made a dome and it it separated the water under it from the water above it. He named the dome sky. Evening passed and morning came. That was the second day. Then God commanded, "Let the water below the sky come together in one place, so that the land will appear." And it was done. He named the land Earth, and the water, which had come together, he named Sea. And God was pleased with what he saw. Then he commanded, "Let the earth produce all kinds of of plants, those that bear grain, and those that bear fruit." And it was done. So the earth produced all kinds of plants, and God was pleased with what He saw. Evening passed, and morning came. That was the third day. Then God commanded, "Let lights appear in the sky to separate day from night, and to show the time when days, years, and religious festivals begin. They will shine in the sky to give light to the earth." And it was done. So God made the two larger lights, the sun to rule over the day, and the moon to rule over the night. He also made the stars. He placed the lights in the sky to shine on the earth, to rule over the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God was pleased with what He saw. Evening passed, and morning came. That was the fourth day. Then God commanded, "Let the water be filled with many kinds of living beings, and let the air be filled with birds." So God created the great sea monsters, all kinds of creatures that live in the water, and all kinds of birds. And God was pleased with what He saw. He blessed them all and told the creatures that live in the water to reproduce, and to fill the sea. And He told the birds to increase in number. Evening passed and morning came. That was the fifth day. Then God commanded, "Let the earth produce all kinds of animal, 
of animal life, domestic and wild, large and small, and it was done. So God made them all, and he was pleased with what he saw. Then God said, and now we will make human beings. They will be like us and resemble us. They will have power over the fish and the birds and all animals, domestic and wild, large and small. Okay, and we're, we'll move on to Genesis 2, chapter 4. And that is how the universe was created. The Garden of Eden. When the Lord God made the universe, there were no plants on the earth and no no seeds had sprouted because he had not sent any rain and there was no one to cultivate the land but water would come up from the from beneath the surface and water the ground then the lord god took some soil from the ground and formed a man out of it he breathed life giving breath into his nostrils and the man began to live then the lord god planted a garden in eden in the east and there he put the man he had formed he made all kinds of animals and he made all kinds of beautiful trees grow there and produce good fruit in the middle of the garden stood the tree that was that gives life and the tree that gives knowledge of what is good and what is bad. A stream flowed in Eden and watered the garden. Beyond Eden, it divided into four rivers. The first river is the Pishon. It flows around the country of Havilah. Pure gold is found there and also rare perfume and precious stones. The second river is the Gion. It flows, um, it flows round the country of Kush. The third river is the Tigris, which flows east of Assyria. The fourth river is the Euphrates. Then the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and guard it. He said to him, You may eat the fruit of any tree in the garden, ex except the tree that gives knowledge of what is good and what is bad. You must not eat the fruit of that tree. If you do, you will die in the same day. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to live alone. I will make a suitable companion to help him. So he took some soil from the ground and farmed all the animals and all the birds. Then he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And that is how they they all got their names. So the man named all the birds and all the animals, but not one of them was a suitable companion to help him. Then the Lord God made the man fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the flesh. He formed a woman out of the rib and brought her to him. Then the man said, At last, here is one of my here is one of my own kind, bone taken from my bone and flesh from my flesh. Woman is her name because she was taken out of man. 
That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united with his wife, and they become one. The man and the woman were both naked, but they were not embarrassed. And we go back to Genesis 1. Verses 20, verse 27. So God created human beings, making them to be like himself. He created them male and female, blessed them, and said, Have many children so that your descendants will live all over the earth and bring it under their control. I am putting you in charge of the fish, the birds, and the wild animals. I have provided all kinds of grain and all kinds of fruit for you to eat, but for all the wild animals and for all the birds, I have provided grass and leafy, and leafy plants for food. And it was done. God looked at everything he had made, and he was very pleased. Evening passed, and morning came. That was the sixth day. And so the whole universe was completed. By the seventh day, God finished what he had been doing and stopped working. He blessed the seventh day and set it apart as a special day, because by that day, he had completed his creation and stopped working. We move on to Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14. Verses 12 to 14. Okay, before that, let's read the introduction of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah is named after a great prophet who lived in Jerusalem in the latter half. In the later half of the of the eighth century BC, this book may be divided into three principal parts. Chapter one to thirty nine come from a time when Judah, the southern kingdom, was threatened by a powerful neighbor, Assyria. Isaiah saw that the real threat to the life of Judah was not simply the might of Assyria, but the nation's own sin and disobedience to God, and their lack of trust in Him. In vivid words and actions, the prophet called the people and their leaders to a life of righteousness and justice and warned that failure to listen to God would bring doom and destruction. Isaiah also foretold a time of worldwide peace and the coming of a descendant of David who would be the ideal king. And the second part on chapters 40 to 55 come from a time when many of the people of Judah were in exile in Babylon, crushed and without hope. The prophet proclaimed that God would set his people free and take them home to Jerusalem to begin a new life. A notable theme of these chapters is that God is the Lord of history and his plan for his people includes their mission to all nations who will be blessed through Israel. The passages about the servant of the Lord are among the best known in the Old Testament. Third part, chapters 56 to 66. For the most part, speak to a time when people were back in Jerusalem and needed reassurance that God was going to fulfill his promises to the nations. 
uh, concern is expressed for righteousness and justice, and also for Sabbath observ- observance, sacrifice, and prayer. A notable passage is 61, verse 1 to 2, uh, words used by Jesus at the beginning of his ministry to express his calling. Yeah, so first, for January 1st, we're going to read from Isaiah um, 14. 12 to 14. Verse 12 to 14. King of Babylonia, bright morning star, you have fallen from heaven. In the past you conquered nations, but now you have been thrown to the ground. You were determined to climb up to heaven and to place your throne above the highest stars. You thought you would sit like a king on that mountain in the north where the gods assemble. You said you would climb to the tops of the clouds and be like the Almighty. And we're going to read from Jeremiah. Jeremiah 28, verse uh, 11 to 15. But let's listen to the, the introduction of Jeremiah. The prophet Jeremiah lived during the later part of the 7th uh, century and the first part of the 6th century BC. During his long ministry, he warned God's people of the catastrophe that was to fall upon the nation because of their idolatry and sin. He lived to see this prediction come true with the fall of Jerusalem to the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar, the destruction of the city and the temple, and the exile to Babylonia of Judah's king and many of the people. He also foretold the eventual return of the people from exile and the restoration of the nation. The book of Jeremiah may be divided into the following parts. First, the call of Jeremiah. Second, messages from God to the nation of Judah and its rulers during the reigns of Josiah, Jehoiakim, Jehoiasin, and Zedekiah. Third, material from the memoirs of Baruch, Jeremiah's secretary, including various prophecies and important events from the life of Jeremiah. Fourth, messages from the Lord about various foreign nations. Fifth, a historical appendix giving an account of the fall of Jerusalem and the exile of Babylonia. Jeremiah was a sensitive man who deeply loved his people and who hated to have to pronounce judgment upon them. In many passages, he spoke with deep emotion about the things he suffered because God had called him to be a prophet. The word of the Lord was like fire in his heart. He could not keep it back. Some of the greatest words in the book point beyond Jeremiah's own troubled time to the day when there would be a new covenant, one that God's people would keep without a teacher to remind them, because it would be written on their hearts. Okay, so Jeremiah 28, verses 11 to 15. And said in the presence to all the people, The Lord has said that this is how he will break the yoke that King Nebuchadnezzar has put on the neck of all the nations, and he will do this within two years. Then I left. 
Sometime after this, the Lord told me to go and say to Hananiah, The Lord has said that you may be able to break a wooden yoke, but he will replace it with an iron yoke. The Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, has said that he will put an iron yoke on all these nations and that they will serve King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylonia. The Lord has said that he will make even wild animals serve Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, and the last one is from Genesis 3. Human disobedience. Now the snake was the most cunning animal that the Lord God has made. had made. The snake asked the woman, Did God really tell you not to eat fruit from any tree in the garden? We may eat the fruit of any tree in the garden, the woman answered, except the tree in the middle of it. God told us not to eat the fruit of that tree or even touch it. If we do, we will die. The snake replied, That's not true. You will not die. God said that because he knows that when you eat it, you will be like God and know what is good and what is bad. The woman saw how beautiful the tree was and how good its fruit would be to eat. And she thought how wonderful it would be to become wise. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband. He also ate it. As soon as they had eaten it, they were given understanding and realized that they were naked. So they sewed thick leaves together and covered themselves. That evening, they heard the Lord God walking in the garden and they hid from him among the trees. But the Lord God called out to the men, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid and hid from you because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? God asked. Did you eat the fruit that I told you not to eat? The man answered, The woman you put here with me gave me the fruit and I ate it. The Lord God asked the woman, Why did you do this? She replied, The snake tricked me into eating it. God pronounces judgment. Then the Lord God said to the snake, You will be punished for this. You alone of all animals must bear this curse. From now on you will crawl on your belly and you will have to eat dust as long as you live. I will make you and the woman hate each other. Her offspring and yours will always be enemies. Her offspring will crush your head and you will bite her offspring's heel. And he said to the woman, I will increase your trouble in pregnancy and your pain in giving birth. In spite of this, you will still have desire for your husband, yet you will be subject to him. And he said to the man, you listen to your wife and eat the fruit which I told you not to eat. Because of what you have done, the ground will be under a curse. You will have to work hard all your life to make it produce enough food for you. It will produce weeds and thorns. You will have to eat wild plants. You will have to work hard and sweat to make the soil produce anything until you go back to the soil from which you were formed. You were made from soil and you will become soil again. Adam named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all human beings. And the Lord God made clothes out of animal skins for Adam and his wife and he clothed them. 
Adam and Eve are sent out of the garden. Then the Lord God said, Now the man has become like one of us and has knowledge of what is good and what is bad. He must not be allowed to take fruit from the tree that gives life, eat it, and live forever. So the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden and made him cultivate the soil from which he had been formed. Then at the east side of the garden, he put living creatures and a flaming sword, which turned into all direction. This was to keep anyone from coming near the tree that gives life. So according to Colin Candy's book, reading the Bible in historical sequence, okay, those uh, passages that I have just read happened in 3959 BC. Yeah, so in the beginnings, God created the universe. When God says something, then something happens. And on the week of the creation, God separated the dark and the light, the sky and the sea, and the land and the sea. And he also created a very, not a very, but, but he created a perfect garden for Adam and Eve. Lucifer, who was the the angel, the guardian angels of God's throne, he wanted the, the almighty position. So Lucifer was kicked out from the heaven, but he was still allowed. He still allowed to roam in the heaven and also on the earth. He tricked Eve and then Adam. So that's the gist of the whole reading. So um. On Isaiah 14, verses 12 to 14, we, there's a, a talking about the E-star. If you still remember what we have just read. Isaiah 14, yeah. 12 to 14, yeah. It's... The, the 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 Bible verses talk about morning star talking about the king of Babylonia bright morning star you have fallen from heaven uh, it seems well the the writer here uh, says that it seems like it points out to the Satan to, to Satan to Lucifer you were determined to climb up to heaven and to place your throne above the highest stars you thought you would sit like a king on that mountain in the north where the gods assembled you said you would climb to the tops of the clouds and be like the almighty just talking about uh, the Lucifer Okay, yeah. So that's all the reading of today. So it's quite interesting, yeah, because this is totally different with my previous reading, um, the Bible plan reading from U version, the one-year chronological Bible. So again, this is a we just found the book, 
out of nowhere i've i've had this book for years and i don't i didn't even remember so well today's reading is quite a lot because i also read some of the uh, book introduction from the bible yeah, from john genesis or uh, jeremiah and also isaiah thank you and see you again soon